Hey everyone, welcome back to Talking With Our Mouths Full. I'm Michael Chan. And I'm Nightingale Nguyen. And today we're at Cafe Detage, located at 3342 Danforth Avenue in Scarborough. So that's the east end of Toronto. So the main intersection is at Danforth and Layton Avenue. And for those driving, there is limited free parking available. Yay! So the place has been opened in 2014. They serve Bangladeshi cuisine and specialize in biryani. What is that exactly? It is a mixed rice dish with meat, rice, obviously, spices, vegetables, and marinade. At Cafe Detach, you also find rice dishes, bread known as naan, kebabs, curry rice dishes, desserts, drinks, and more. Oh, and by the way, they also serve halal certified food for those with dietary restrictions. So today I ordered the chicken biryani, the goram cha, and a beef samosa. Ooh, dig in. Yes, I will right now. Thank you. Thank and God. I've I been waiting. Got the, how is that? I'm good. Keep Ooh. talking. So I got the mm. buna kachuri and mm -hmm. beef buna, which is a rice dish with some beef, and it looks absolutely amazing. But we're not the only people with orders at the table today mm -mm. because we actually have a guest, and he is the one who introduced us to Cafe Detage. He is a compliance analyst for the provincial government and a good friend of ours, mm -hmm. Tamish Tariq. Hey, Tamish. Hey, How thank you, you. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank really you for being here. Um, yeah. So, what did you get? So, I also got uh, the uh, Buna Kichiri and uh, the beef curry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is actually uh, one of my go-to specialty dishes as well. Because, uh, you know, Buna Kichiri is uh, made with, like, rice and lentils mixed in. And especially with the beef curry or any type of curry, for example. Mm -hmm. It adds, like, a good flavor to it. So, tell us a little bit about Bangladeshi food. Because I've never had it before, so I'm not... I I've had it so much. You have? Mm-hmm. Well, lucky you. Uh-huh. Well, but tell us more about it. Like, what are the staples, you know? Sure. Um, the staples are usually, you know, rice is a must with mm -hmm. any type of vegetable dish and um, any type of curry. A lot of people uh, in Bangladeshi cuisine, they uh, go for either, like, fish or beef or chicken. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that in Bangladesh, for example, they don't have any pork dishes because, uh, you know, being in Bangladesh uh, with 95% uh, being uh, Muslim, mm -hmm. and, you know, there actually just wouldn't be a market. So for anyone trying to sell the pork out there, you know, <laughs> good, uh, good, uh, good luck with that. You're no probably bacon? going to be... No. No! No bacon I'm, at I'm all. I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They, yeah, no bacon at all. So most likely the person who tries to sell that, they, they would be getting a few frowns, but at the same time, they'd probably be going out of business just as soon as they started. Mm -hmm. So um, I just noticed that in my rice, there's a kick to it. What mm -hmm. What's in there? So the kick in there is actually the, the lentil and along with the flavoring oh. because uh, some of the uh, stuff that they make is you know, with uh, curry powder mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes they add a turmeric. So a lot of the, oh. um, the lentil uh, that they make is with uh, turmeric. Mm -hmm. So that um, gives it the yellow color that mm -hmm. I'm seeing Exactly, here. yes. Oh, okay. Mine comes with an egg. So oh, how's your chicken? I love it. Mm. And the samosa is so crunchy. Thanks for recommending the beef. Oh, no so. problem. I'm going to try the beef right now. Yeah, eat that beef. Mmm. How'd you find out about this place? I actually found out about this place because um, I used to live here for a short period. Oh. 
and uh, in the restaurant. Um, no, what was it? Oh no, no, not in the, not in the restaurant. Of course not. This um, entire plaza used to be just like a empty parking lot for a time being, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know I was just driving by one day and I was like, oh look, they opened up a Bengali place. Okay, let's see how legit it is. And then I found it, and I was like, wow, this is actually very similar to what we eat at home and uh, uh, with our guests mm-hmm. or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it was very you know, surprising to me, and I've been coming back ever since. Um, so speaking of which, this, this is the type of food that you had at home growing up? Yes, that's correct. Like the kichiri is something you know, that my mother would cook um, every Saturday, just being it for, you know, it's the weekend or even like a rainy day, you know, mm-hmm. we'd have a very yeah, hot kichiri mixed with a bunch of other dishes. So right. it's a really good um, uh, meal to have in the morning for breakfast as well when you're oh, yeah, waking up. And oh. So can we eat this when your mommy's home and we can like eat at her place? Oh, sure. No problem. <laughs> nice. Thanks for inviting us overnight. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So, so, so polite you mm-hmm. are. So your manners are perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I did ask. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. She did. I follow, so I follow the rules. Halfway through. What do you mean halfway? I fully... Halfway. halfway through. But yeah, so, okay, so you're, where are your parents from? My parents are also from Bangladesh. Okay. So also from Bangladesh. But you are born here. Um, I actually was born in Bangladesh, so I was born in the capital of Dhaka. Oh. And I lived there until I was four. And then all of a sudden... Um, my parents are like, hey, guess what? We're moving to Canada. Let's go. <laughs> I just thought that it was uh, basically yeah, just another fun-filled adventure where we're just going. I mean, I didn't even it didn't register me until much later that, hey, I actually moved uh, to the other side of the world, <laughs> to a different continent nonetheless. And I first came here uh, when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. So I uh, just uh, started uh, living in Vancouver first. So we uh, stayed there for one month. And then afterwards, we uh, trekked across the country by Greyhound, mind you, all the way to Montreal. So that was quite a journey. And we lived in Montreal for nine months before uh, we finally decided uh, to settle in Toronto. So I know you were young, but was that a big transition for you going from Bangladesh to here? Not particularly, because um, for me, I would say that a lot of... um, uh, things that uh, you know you're exposed at age four, and I was very young to remember a lot of it, right. um, especially like certain uh, things about um, uh, Beng- uh, Bengali. So the transition uh, for me was very smooth. I would mm-hmm. say I didn't have any challenges or anything, especially when I first started school. And my school life officially started here. So uh, when I moved to Toronto, I was enrolled in kindergarten. And uh, just the entire school system uh, throughout that. Therefore, you were not set in your ways. Mm -hmm. But did your, um, growing up, did your parents encourage uh, you to practice, say, cultural traditions and customs? They uh, were supportive of um, certain cultural traditions. They said that outside the house, you can speak anything you want. But inside, you speak um, the Bangla language mm-hmm. or uh, the Bengali language, as it's uh, more popularly known. Mm-hmm. And so you are able to speak. Yes, that's correct. Fluently. Yeah. Can you read? I can't uh, read and write. I did go to Saturday classes because um, all of our parents back then enrolled us in Saturday classes in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I did learn to uh, do the alphabet, but because of not practicing, I completely forgot everything. 
Yeah, it's kind of like me. I'm, I'm born in Canada, but <clears throat> growing up, my parents had me go to Chinese school, and so I learned to read and write, at least partially. And now that I'm older and I haven't practiced, I've forgotten all the reading and writing, but mm -hmm. I can still talk. Well, at least you can communicate in some way, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. That's the best part, communication. Yeah, it is. So, um, you're also religious? Um, I would say I'm more of a uh, moderate yeah, to uh, low religion yeah, mm -hmm. for me. Um, so, my background is in uh, Islam. Okay. So, uh, you know, I did grow up within a household. But mm -hmm. my parents weren't really um, as strictly uh, uh, religious uh, with a lot of the things. So, Did you go to the mosque? I only went to the mosque during Eid, which is uh, held twice a year. Okay. And um, that was about the only times that I went to mosque, as mm -hmm. per, yeah, but as opposed to, uh, let's say, other family members or my friends who would um, regularly go to the mosque. And usually um, uh, our days is on Fridays. And um, uh, uh, some of my uh, other family friends would go there. But uh, because I, I didn't really grow up with... Um, uh, that much strictly with Islam, um, I didn't really go to the mosque that much unless it was a special event of the year, just like Eid. Right. Mm. So something I personally know about you is you love Japanese culture. Yes, I do. Japan. So where did that come about? I would say it actually came about um, more being exposed to Japanese media. Um, was this when you were growing up? As, a kid, uh, as I was growing up, yes, in elementary school. So, you know, for me, everything was just cartoons. Whether it was American, whether it was uh, Japanese, I didn't know that differentiation until I got much older. Mm -hmm. I mean, shows like, uh, you know, Sailor Moon and even uh, Dragon Ball, uh, for example, I didn't um, know about it until uh, I was uh, much uh, older, like mm. the differentiation of like who made it and the different to uh, sort of animation styles. So that was my first exposure to it. But then as I got older, I fell in love more with the culture. And um, yeah, from there, uh, I uh, got a really good appreciation for it. That's cool. It's uh, such a, I find it to be such a, a Canadian mm -hmm. experience for you. You, know, you grow up with your, your own culture and all that, and then you're exposed to other things yes. from other cultures. And you, you fall in love with it, and you go and learn more about it. And you've been to Japan. You can speak some Japanese, which is mm -hmm. just mind blowing to me. Thank you. And uh, I mean, heck, you I and I. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you and I, I actually. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I actually met at a, a at an anime convention, which is yes. nuts. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, they really um, exposed me to. Uh, different uh, cultures uh, and everything uh, uh, for uh, but because of that Japanese media mm -hmm. I was uh, able to get exposed to a you know, very beautiful culture and its customs its people and not only that because of uh, that particular hobby I was able to gain uh, a lot of good uh, friendships along the way mm -hmm. so you work for the government yes that's correct did you um, it's like growing up did you always want to do this or is this something that came about kind of later on? I would say it came out long you know, later in life because um, originally mm -hmm. um, uh, I, when I was uh, doing my studies, I was doing psychology. But um, I decided to take it into a different direction after I had graduated from university and um, traveled around a bit. I decided that, okay, instead of helping just one person, how can I go about 
bringing change and helping people in society and you know just to help progress it forward right and then from there I decided to uh, pursue a career in government as well so you have a degree in psychology yes so I actually have a, um, a double no, honors major so one is in psychology the other one is in international development Ooh. and then um, after I had decided to uh, take it into a direction of working you know, for government directly right. I decided to pursue my master's degree in uh, public policy um, so for the provincial government, in as much or as little detail as you're comfortable or able to tell us, mm -hmm. what do you do? So currently I work as a compliance analyst. Um, mm -hmm. uh, right now, yeah, my work involves uh, working with a lot of the regulated professions in the province. So what I mean by regulated professions is all the different colleges that license your lawyers, your doctors, your engineers, these types of uh, uh, particular um, you know, regulatory bodies I work with in order to make sure that their registration practices are fair, transparent to any applicants going through that process. So for example, um, I make sure that they're compliant with not only the legislation that I follow, but to you know, make sure that they don't have any anti-discriminatory practices or any type of potential barriers uh, for applicants um, in order to have them licensed in, uh, to work in Ontario. Right. So this is the type of uh, work that I am involved in. Amazing. Is there like a goal that you're working towards? I don't know really enough about the inner workings of the government, but like, it, it, are you headed towards a, a certain direction? Like, do you want to be, say, a politician? Or do you want to kind of stay in where you are, but just on a higher level? I found that um, the uh, political path was something I had once considered, but right. um, it's not really something uh, that's for me. But, okay. um, uh, you know, it's in terms of uh, being in a much more executive position, uh, let's say 20 years down the road, mm -hmm. is uh, something that I'm looking to do. Um, okay. So, um, ideally, I would like to be a uh, assistant deputy minister. And uh, for uh, that particular term, an assistant deputy minister is the third level down from the minister of a particular ministry. Right. Um, so this uh, type of role would involve overseeing either like a division or multiple divisions in a particular sector. Let's say if it's education, right. labor, or anything like that. Um, my end goal is to reach that particular level. And not necessarily just staying in the province. You may say, I don't know, go federal? Uh, federal uh, is uh, something uh, that I uh, actually, uh, funny enough, I actually did work for the federal government for a, uh, a short while. <laughs> I used to live in Ottawa, and this was actually part of uh, my co-op term that I was doing while I was doing my master's. Right. Um, I did I work for the federal government. It's um, a very different sort of environment, especially um, at that time and uh, working you know, right now for provincial government. But um, I believe that, uh, you know, for me, it's all about the learning experience and such. If a, a position in federal government takes me to where I want to be and helps me gain the knowledge in order to help progress um, society you know, forward, then I am open to it as well. But for now, my pathway is just in the provincial government. Is, uh, does this, I guess, does this career, is it, is it enjoyable? Like, 
Yes, I, I don't no, know how I'm else just, to word that. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no worries at all. I mean, I, I love what I do. I um, have a great team that I work with. That's uh, very supportive. Um, so I was actually very fortunate, especially in my uh, path to government and working my way up. Right. I mean, originally, I was uh, what started as a three-month uh, position. I was uh, supposed to be a file clerk, uh, and then that transitioned into full time. And here I am with my career. Thank you for making our world a better mm -hmm. place. Thank you very much for that. Oh, thank so, you very much. For others who are looking to have the kind of impact on society that, mm -hmm. that you are having, uh, or in other words, to go into a government path of a uh, government career, what would you recommend they do? Like, how do they get to be in the government? So I would say that um, it really depends on the type of person, but uh, the short answer of it at all would mm -hmm. be that because government is such a big um, yeah, machine in itself, there's so many different fields that you can get into, whether it's in a legal position, administrative, policy. Mm -hmm. um, you also have areas that can lead from uh, transitional roles because we uh, had uh, individuals who were former teachers and principals transition into government oh. and uh, they work in education officers. So my advice to individuals would be definitely know the type of field that you want to get into before you, um, you know, pursue a career in government. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, the more experience uh, that you have, it will definitely better your chances of getting into a government position. Uh, Education-wise, I mean, the minimum the requirement is a bachelor's degree to, uh, of some kind, mm -hmm. but the preferred um, educational qualification would be anything to do with postgrad mm. but it really depends on the type of job that you have right. um, for those that are looking to uh, get into the government as well mentally you actually have to be very um, prepared is what I'll say prepared in the sense that there's a lot of unexpected things that can happen your way. Sometimes you agree with a lot of things. Sometimes you don't agree with it. Right. But the end of the day is that, you know, as a public servant, you give impartial advice to um, and, yeah, the particular decision maker regarding any aspect of uh, policy or anything that might affect society in a whole. Right. So the idea is that by giving this impartial advice, you do the best research you can and you do the best you can, mm -hmm. but the idea is is that not to let your personal beliefs and other things factor in uh, to your actual uh, work, because uh, uh, at that uh, point you are only looking in uh, working uh, for your own self interest rather than for the betterment of society. Wow, I learned a lot. <laughs> oh no problem. On a different note, we have a question from Instagram. How do you define a public servant? Ooh, how do you define a public servant? Well, it is what the, in the name itself. You um, uh, would define it as like a person that is serving the public interest. Any type of work that you do, um, you know, whether it comes to, let's say, for example, education, labor, um, or a particular uh, service that you uh, provide, like, for example, Service Ontario. They're also considered public servants as well. Right. So, in layman's terms, it's just an individual who serves the public interest. Very, very All public servants are they paid for by tax dollars? 
Um, a lot are. It depends on the particular ministry. Right. Um, but most uh, public servants are um, uh, p- uh, paid through uh, through tax dollars. Yes. Right. Very cool. So, Tamish, thank you so much. That was uh, that was extremely enlightening. Uh, today we're going to do something okay. that we've done a few times before. It's called Affirmators. Okay. It is a deck of cards. Yeah. Uh, and basically, you choose one card at random, and on the other side of it is an affirmation, a positive message. So just pick a card and okay. read it out loud. All right. Sounds good. What did you get? I got the Sanctuary card. Okay, so the message says, Good for you. It seems you've earned some time away from the chaos of life. It could be as small as a bubble bath or as big as a trip. Or maybe it's a small trip to a big bubble bath. Or a normal-sized trip to a tiny bubble bath. Or maybe you tripped and fell in someone's bath. Whatever it is, it's waiting for you with open arms. Just pick your favorite sanctuary and unplug for a bit, especially if a bath is involved. So I guess basically saying I should go take a bath yeah, or something. Go, go take a bath. Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, definitely should do that. <laughs> of course, working for the government, it's probably a little stressful. So you yeah, need at your, times you yeah. need your own sanctuary. Yeah, to go, so definitely go back tonight in. that bubble bath is coming. Yeah. <laughs> so this card, uh, this deck has actually been been very accurate for everyone basically that we've used it on. So. Mm-hmm. And in a way, like if you think about it, your whole journey coming to. Canada, maybe that was like your sanctuary the whole time. Maybe, yeah. actually. Yeah. Because, I mean, I am very fortunate in the type of people that I've met, established friends, uh, friendships with, and, um, you know, just being exposed to uh, the different types of uh, cultures that make up our great city uh, here. Yeah, I feel uh, like that's something we take for granted. Yeah, I think it definitely is. As, as opposed to, uh, let's say, you know, my family members back home who are not really exposed to that type of uh, environment because, you know, uh, those types of areas are very homogenous yeah. in their culture. So 98% is Bengali, where the other 2% is from other uh, cultures, but you don't really get to uh, see them that often. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Once again, thank you so much for recommending Cafe Detage. Oh, no problem. The food is amazing. Mind you, my nose is running from yeah. the spice. <laughs> uh, I may have survived a ghost pepper burrito in a previous episode, but I'm not surviving this for some reason. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again. So again, we are at Cafe Detage. So. Uh-huh. 3342 Danforth Avenue, Scarborough. So that is, again, the east end of Toronto, major intersection at Danforth and Layton Avenue. And remember, there is limited free parking available, and it is halal certified for those with dietary restrictions. Knight, as we near the end of this episode, can you tell our lovely listeners how people can find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at knight.win. And I am on Instagram and Twitter as at Michael C.W. Chan. I also have a website, which is www.michaelchan.ca. Tamish, thank you once again. You can find him at Cafe Detage once in a while. Awesome. Looking forward to everybody. And cruising around Scarborough. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Scarborough's where it's at. Seriously, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And listeners, thank you for listening. And as always, stay stay hungry. hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. The music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at, at TWMF Podcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind the scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. 
And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening and stay hungry.